And welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight here on KNM KNMO as you shift gears and move over to the Nevada Boys Basketball Program of head coach Sean Gray out to a 2-0 start. Nice win at home on their season and home opener against a state-ranked Mount Vernon team last Friday. They won the road last night and beat a very good uh, Pittsburgh team that uh, looks to have some state tournament aspirations. Well, although it didn't come without its uh, certainly <laughs> its anxiety in the fourth quarter, which uh, we're going to certainly touch on with Coach Gray here in just a moment. But uh, Mike Harbett back with you. And, uh, Coach, uh, two wins and uh, first two starts. So uh, we'll break each game down. But uh, all in all, pretty good start to the season. Yeah, Mike, if, if you would have – told me going into the season we'd be 2-0 and after these first two you know we sure would have taken that and I'm just really pleased with the effort and energy from our boys uh, to start the season. All right, so let's go back to uh, Friday. You started off by taking on uh, Mount Vernon, who came in ranked eighth in the uh, NBCA uh, Class Three Top Ten poll, uh, coming off a 21 year 21 year a year ago. Brought several good players back from that team. Knew it was going to be a heck of a ball game. It turned out that way. You get a 62-55 victory, but uh, certainly in doubt all the way till about the final couple of minutes of play. Yeah, they're a really well coached program. They're program that uh, in years when they have a lot of talent are super tough and years when their talents down are still very very competitive and uh, as good as they were last year they lost they only lost one varsity player from that squad um, you know, just really have some nice pieces the we really did a great job on Mason Belay who is who's their standout and the guy that kind of makes them go proud of the effort by several of our guys on him and then by neutralizing him I really made it tough for them to score. Uh, and while there were several things we need to clean up, uh, it, it was a good effort. And then I saw last night, I think they played Monette and beat Monette by 30-plus. So uh, they're a team that's going to win a lot of ball games, and then that sure was a, a quality way for us to start the season. They also were able to put the clamps on Kale Miller in the first half anyway. Only had two first-half points. Ended up with 17. That was with a three at the buzzer and a, and a meaningless bucket. But, uh, but keeping him contained certainly helped as well. It was. He's a good athletic kid. He's – got the size to score inside and, and has the shooting ability to score from the perimeter. And we talk a lot in our program, and, and, and that'll be the theme whenever we move on to the Pittsburgh game here in a second, but about m trying to make teams score in a way that they're unaccustomed to, make their secondary pieces beat you. And I thought for the most part that was really what our guys did. It, it was a, it was really a total team effort. Uh, Dalton Gaiman's foul trouble limited him. Uh, guys stepped up with him on the bench. Uh, of course, you know, Logan Applegate had the hot start, um, but just really all of our guys stepping up, uh, doing their job, playing together uh, really is, is, is what propelled us to victory. 27 for Applegate. He got the hot start, as you said. Ten of those came in the first quarter of play, and they really got it down at the free throw line down the stretch. And Dalton Gaiman comes back to fight through foul trouble in the first half to end up with 21 points, had the big fourth quarter. No surprise that uh, that uh, they would be out in front when you're scoring less, but they kind of got it done in different ways. They sure did, and that's another uh, tip of the cap to our guys that they did a good job of recognizing how we were being guarded at different times throughout the game. And, you know, when in that late in that fourth quarter, they came out and extended on Dalton, and he was able to go by and get to the basket. Uh, they played him with some single coverage. We were able to throw it to him in the post. Um, and, and really then as we got a lead, then they had to extend a little bit. Logan Applegate did a great job of realizing that extension that they were not able to stay in front of him, drove by, got a lot of foul calls, was able to go to the line. So just, just a good all around effort by the guys that understanding kind of letting the game come to them, so to speak, and realizing we have the capability of scoring 
from multiple positions in a variety of ways and uh, just, you know, not forcing things. We can have some longer possessions, Mike, and I think, and we'll talk about that with the Pittsburgh game as well. There are times when we take a shot early in a clock when 20 seconds later that's probably a better shot. Uh, we talked about that after Friday. We talked about that again uh, last night, but that's probably the one thing after both games that I think we can work on quite a bit. Highly competitive in the second half. Uh, it was tied at 42, and then a number of lead changes down the stretch, so you kind of got a hold of it in the final couple of minutes of, of play. But, uh, well, it was, uh, it was about as good an atmosphere as you could have for a high school basketball game on Friday night. Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, sometimes you worry early on in the year maybe when, when it's just a boys' night and you don't have both the girls and boys playing what the crowd will be like. Really appreciated the fact that the community came out to support us, a good crowd. And that's what, yeah, that's what you want. That's what makes going to the games exciting <laughs> is when it's like that. And it was good for us to, to have a game like that early in the year to gain some experience. And uh, we gave up some offensive rebounds late that kind of let them stay in it a little bit. And again, we, like we talked about after last night's game, it's nice to have learning opportunities while still coming out on top. And you're able to do that when you play really hard, and when you do play together, you give yourself those opportunities. So uh, it was it was definitely a good win Friday and a great atmosphere. Coming off that season opening win, Nevada went on the road last night to uh, travel over to Pittsburgh to take on the uh, Purple Dragons. Uh, this is a team that's got a lot of good tradition to it. Uh, perennial uh, contender, obviously in the SEK, went 12 and 0 in the SEK last year, um, and uh, in fact just missed getting their third straight 20 win season. Uh, but a couple of good pieces in Javon Grant and Gavin Echelmill. Uh, 65-61 for those who were there or listened to the ball game. Uh, debated with a 22-point lead going to the final quarter of play, which I thought was a bit of a surprise. And I said, and I'm sitting right behind you, so you might have heard me say it, but I said uh, during the, the second half of that ball game that uh, – uh, it's uh, Pittsburgh can score in a hurry. Unfortunately, I proved out to be a prophet. <laughs> they went in on a 21-0 run to begin the fourth quarter of play. And uh, to say you had to hold on to it, that would be an understatement, obviously. But get out of there with a four-point win, 65-61. And uh, what a fourth quarter. And I'm sure one that uh, you're probably still thinking about today. Yeah, my – I mean – the talk and, and what stands out is that drought in the fourth quarter and and the fact that, I mean, nearly gave away a game that we were in complete control of. But I don't want to take away from the fact that, that this group of guys played as good a three quarters as we've seen a team play in a really, really long time. Really proud of the way that they came out, executed a game plan, and just played their tails off, worked together, unselfish on the offensive end talking, playing as one unit on the defensive end. And you're right, it was a surprise to have that type of lead against a team of Pittsburgh's caliber. But I thought for the most part we forced them to shoot tough jump shots, which is what we wanted. We ran good offense, which led to high percentage shots, which slowed their transition game. Didn't have a lot of turnovers, which slowed their transition game. And they're as good a transition team as you'll find. So really did a, a lot of good, really, really good things throughout the game to give us that lead and then a ton of teaching moments a lot of <laughs> uh you know some mental errors some uh, just not necessarily having a really good feel for the time and score differential uh, late and then like you said and maybe you jinxed us I don't know but <laughs> don't guys know. who are capable of scoring in bunches mm -hmm. who had maybe been cold a little mm -hmm. bit um and and maybe some fatigue setting in by some of our guys defensively who had played pretty much the entire ball game they did get hot there and uh i i've never seen anything like that's as as, as tough a stretch 
on our end and as hot a stretch on their end as maybe you'll see in a game like that coming down the stretch. And I think you said this last night. I heard it from multiple people. How many games do you win where you give up a 21-0 run? How many games do you win where you don't score a field goal in the fourth quarter? Um, but we did, and it's, it's because mm-hmm. we played so well early. So interesting. Uh, I've got more gray hairs and more age than, than, <laughs> than we did before, and I'm sure our fans do as well. But really a high-quality win for our guys, and we sure are proud of them. Well, part of that was Javon Grant putting you know, the Purple Dragons on his back. He had 33 points. It was actually pretty evenly distributed. He had a big first quarter and then quiet in the second quarter of play, but 33 points and uh, fairly evenly distributed between the first and second half. But it just seemed like he was determined uh, in the second half before he eventually got in a little bit of foul trouble. He is so quick to the basket that you have to have help in the paint. Uh, you just have to. And we did a good job at times of having that. Grant Miller drew some charges. Dalton Gaiman drew a charge. We had guys in there to contest his shots when he did drive. And he's he's going to score if he goes by you with his right hand. You have to give a little bit of a cushion, live with some of the jump shots, and then if he does drive, it has to be left-handed with help. And Stretches did a great job of that. He hit some really, really tough shots. I think the game before he was one for eight from the three-point line. Mm. And there were times in our game where he hit a couple and then he'd go on a dry stretch. If he is shooting it the way he was shooting it in that fourth quarter and from the distance that he was shooting it from he's almost impossible to guard one-on-one uh, we sent different guys at him and different guys did a good job at times but it's a team effort to guard a player like that and and he did just just hats off to him for the job that he did bringing them back uh, hats off to our guys Logan McNeely and then Lane McNeely specifically who spent long stretches guarding Gavin Ekamil who if you talk to sports in Kansas, people will tell you one of the best players in the state of Kansas. Um, holding him to nine points was as good a defensive job as you can do. And that was all of our guys. But Lane especially just checked him all night long and made it tough on him. And we don't win that game if he has his typical 20, 25-point game. Well, and, and the fascinating part is you had you have three guys in double figures. Dalton Gaiman with 24, Lane McNeely 16, Logan McNeely 11. Three guys in double figures without a field goal in the fourth quarter. That, again, exhibits how well you scored the basketball in the first three quarters of play. The first three quarters, I can, I think, I can think of two or three possessions where I maybe would have wished that we ran more offense and didn't settle as quickly. But other than those two or three possessions, we got high-quality shot after high-quality shot. And, it, it, and like, it was balanced. It was Dalton inside. It was Logan and Lane from the perimeter. Lane, especially in the first half. Um, and, and when we play balance, when we play unselfishly like that, we can really score it in bunches. And to have three guys in double figures and to get a win when a player of Logan Applegate's uh, caliber is under the weather, not feeling well, self-admittedly doesn't have his best game, to still come out on top against a team like that, uh, it talks about the balance and the, and the togetherness of this group. You already mentioned this. I was going to ask actually the specific question because I didn't think of it last night. And I didn't really notice it in the fourth quarter play, but you only went six deep last night. So in that fourth quarter of play, I was going to, whether it wasn't noticeable physically, mentally, was there fatigue maybe in that fourth period? I think there's fatigue in any ball game that you play. I think against a team like Pittsburgh that likes to run as much as they do, and you have—I mean, you are constantly under duress and transition. You're guarding as hard as our guys were guarding um, I th- early in the season when you're maybe not in the game shape that you'll be in later in the year. I think for sure, I think there was some fatigue mentally and physically, and 
um, you know, we get Matthew Thorpe back this week. Uh, he was out with the flu. Gives us a little bit more depth. But we have guys who think that they can be in the type of shape where they can play really, really big stretches. We have guys that can play, you know, 28, 29, 30. And as some of our guys have shown, 32 <laughs> minutes in, in some ball games. But we would like to maybe be seven deep, and we would like probably to get our guys – some more uh, timely rests at time, you know, end of quarters, beginning of quarters, mm-hmm. after and before some timeout calls, just so that we are maybe just a little bit fresher coming down the stretch. Somebody looks at the box score early and see Noah Channing was six points, but what they don't know is that maybe they didn't know unless they were there. He hit two big threes in that third quarter, including one at the buzzer to end the third to end the third quarter. One thing that makes good teams successful is when their role players, their complementary pieces know their role, relish that role, and are better than the role players on the opponent's team across from them. Noah understands that he's not a guy we need to score a ton of points, but that when he is left open and in late clock situations like that when people play off on Dalton or on Applegate, that we need him to be able to hit those shots, and he's proven he can do that. It was huge for him. And then more than his shooting ability or his ability to score a basket when called upon – his hustle, his energy, his ability to get the loose balls, his ability to run down rebounds, uh, all of those things that he brings that don't always show up in the stat column. Uh, when when your role players play like that, uh, you're going to be really, really successful. And he he was just as much the MVP Friday against Mount Vernon as anybody. And and the 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 plays that he made in clutch situations last night were just as important to our winning as anything else was. Former Missouri coach and current Pittsburgh State head coach, Kim Anderson, was there last night sitting right in the front row in the bleachers on the far side of your bench and two assistants, one on each side. And uh, I'm sure he's got other things he can do when he's not playing basketball on a certain night. And there's certainly had to be a reason why he was there, not just because he lives in Pittsburgh now, but there was some good individual talent on both sides that I'm sure he wanted to take a peek at. There was. You know, they were really interested in Dalton uh, going into the season, and then Fort Smith jumped in and, and snagged him up. And then uh, Coach Anderson – he and I visited on Monday, and he asked, you know, how things were going and said he would be at the game. And, you know, a lot of good players that will be very good collegiately. Uh, Coach Anderson's a stand-up guy. And, and uh, you know, I, I think there were guys in that game that uh, if – if they fit into his program, that would definitely have success at the Division II level. Well, let's move on. we got a number of games to talk about in the future as well, and that includes the uh, 73rd Annual Carthage Invitational Boys Basketball Tournament. And I don't know if Nevada's played in every one of them, but if they haven't, it's been very darn, it's darn close. Uh, because uh, And every year since I've been doing radio for Nevada, it's been since 1987. <clears throat> but Nevada going into uh, the action tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Uh, I guess the Lebanon Yellow Jackets, who are 2-0 after their win against Marshfield last night. Uh, also in the field, Nixa, West Plains, Raymore Peculiar, Joplin. Uh, we mentioned Nevada, of course, in Lebanon, Carthage, the host, and then Belton's Pirates in there. That's about as diverse field, other, maybe other than Frontenac, that's about as diverse field as we're going to see in a tournament uh, from uh, all points uh, north to south in western Missouri and south central Missouri. It is, Mike, and this is as deep and as maybe as talented a Carthage tournament field as I can remember in a lot of years uh and this tournament's changed a little bit um I can remember you know several years ago as an assistant at McDonald County coming up and a lot of local schools uh, I think typically there was one Arkansas it used to be Rogers Heritage that would come up and uh, maybe one out of southwest Missouri area team and then everyone else was local and for whatever reason 
McDonald County, Seneca, Neosho, Carl Junction, teams like that have gotten out over the years and they've replaced them with, with, with some of these teams and shifted it a week later, probably had something to do with that, made it a three-day tournament. Mm-hmm. Due to Carthage's football success, right. yeah. it, it just makes sense. If you're a host school, you want to be able to put your full squad on the yeah, floor. Yeah, if it had been last week, like usual, they wouldn't. Have, I don't know what they would have done. Oh, they, yeah, it would have been probably a lot of JV guys in action. And I can remember a year ago, uh, the football guys did not play in the first game for them mm-hmm. at all. So, and then, you know, and, and there will be certain years when some of these other teams, uh, Joplin, same boat, they, they had mm-hmm. football success. Ray Peck, I think, made the final four uh, in football as well. So, um, yeah, it makes sense to move it back, but it, it's changed a little bit. It's a deep field. And this being a four-game week for us, it, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be a grind, but it's something we're really, really excited for. It's a good tradition. I know a lot of people in the community look forward to heading down and uh, mm-hmm. great, great facilities, uh, great teams. I don't know if you've been in there, but they've added a video board in there. Oh, have they? I've like, seen like I've, Joplin has. I've seen the new floor. I've not seen. Yeah, the, the new video floor board. looks nice, and they've added a video board. Not as big as Joplin's, but still the same concept. Yeah. So a lot of reasons for for <laughs> the Nevada community to make the trip down on Thursday. And they've gone, and I don't know if they did this because of football and or not, but they've gone to the three day format. The, their girl, the girls' tournament was last week. They actually had to move that because. Uh, and reformat it because three of the schools were in state championships in football, and they wanted to make sure those students could get there. And so they maneuvered that tournament around, and even though the, uh, their team had nothing to do with it. Uh, but they have gone to the three-day format, which if you don't have boys and girls playing in the same week, seems to be something that's becoming the norm. Uh, are you saying that? Yeah, I, I think from a, a director standpoint or from an organizational standpoint, I think it's easier and it's to, to get it in, get it done. Sometimes when you have teams traveling, teams will make an overnight trip, and it's it's easier to make that happen mm-hmm. to get teams from out of area in as well. And then, you know, from an officiating standpoint, I think there's a lot of Tuesday night games in the area. There's a lot of Friday night games. Mm-hmm. Throwing that Thursday night night in there with four games, I think you're able to get a maybe a higher quality of a, of official in than you would have otherwise. So it will take some getting used to, but I I think they're happy with the direction they've moved. And, and I think once we get used to it, we'll like the format that they've gone to. All right. So well, let's talk about the tournament itself and your, and specifically your action four o'clock game tomorrow against the Lebanon yellow jackets out of the Ozark conference. Uh, what can you tell us about the jackets? Uh, started off two and Oh, uh, last year, really the program kind of turned around a little bit. Uh, coach Brown, who'd been at Parkview for a lot of years, took over the Lebanon program and he inherited some good players, um, they made it to a district championship game. They were very competitive in the Ozark Conference. And they've got a guard in Quentin Shelton, who's one of the best players in the Springfield, southern Missouri area. Um, he j- I saw last night he just scored his 1,500th point of his career, has a chance to be a 2,000-point score- scorer, excuse me, which is very, very rare. So they're a well-coached program. They get after you defensively out in the passing lanes in your shorts. Um, and have a heck of a player in, in Quentin Shelton. So it will be be a tough matchup for us. It will be a game we'll have to be ready for the pressure. We'll have to limit Quentin Shelton, who, uh, man, he in their first contest he took 30 shots, and I think last night he took close to 25 shot attempts. So uh, we'll have our work cut out for us. It will be a good matchup. And uh, when you go to a tournament like this, though, that's what you expect. And then, uh, again, as an early start tomorrow, 4 o'clock, uh, AM 1240, KNEM, and the audio stream. No Nevada Mo TV tomorrow. It's going to stick with the girls tomorrow night here at home. 
kind of divide and conquer a little bit because we will have Nevada Mo TV on Friday and Saturday, so we want to make sure we get the girls on Nevada Mo TV at least once this week, and that'll be tomorrow night in their home opener against Mount Vernon. Uh, so if you can't make it, we will have it on radio tomorrow afternoon, pregame beginning at 345. Carthage or Belton will be your opponent on Friday. Um, Carthage team we see uh, quite a bit. Belton one we don't. So uh, how do you see those two teams? Carthage returns almost everyone from last year's squad that was really streaky. They went on a six or seven game win streak and then lost several in a row, but they return a lot of nice pieces. I think the only question with them is, is how fluid and together will they be having several guys that just finished up their football season over the weekend? Um, if they're not rusty and if they, you know, play, play with some fluidity, I think they can be a really tough out in this tournament given all of the seniors and upperclassmen that they return. Belton is an athletic team, a, a team that gets up and down the floor quickly. Uh, I don't think they had the season last year that they wanted, uh, maybe winning over only five or six games. But when you have that athleticism, you give yourself a chance each and every night. So uh, it will be curious to see how that game turns out. Uh, I, I think Carthage will be a tough out, though, and I think they feel like this is a year they have a chance to make the finals in their own tournament. And the top side of the bracket's just loaded with tough teams as well. Yeah, next up plays West Plains tomorrow at 5.30. Raymore Peculiar takes on Joplin at 8.30 tomorrow night. And then uh, the Carthage Belton game, by the way, is at 7 of 8 and 11 at 4. Semifinals on Friday in both the Constellation and winner's bracket. And then four games on Saturday starting at 11 o'clock, going all the way to the then the seventh place game, all the way to the championship game, a championship game at 3.30. We'll, of course, uh, tell you where Nevada will be and uh, who they'll play as we progress in the tournament. Then uh, next Tuesday, you make the haul to uh, Pleasant Hill to see the Roosters, uh, a future possible district opponent. That's always uh, key, certainly, even though it's this early in the season. So I don't know if you looked at them yet, but uh, what do you remember from about the Roosters from a year ago and what they may have coming forward? With four games – with that being the fourth game on our schedule, so to speak, coming up. <laughs> Haven't looked at that a ton. I have done some advanced scouting to get film. They graduated several pieces from last year's team. But, man, each and every year they have a new player that kind of becomes the guy for them, and they're always tough. Um, last year, and you mentioned being a district opponent, last year in the district seed meeting, which it was a, a, a conference call, we were all on the phone mm -hmm. together, but – Believe it or not, that 2-3 seed line between us and Kansas City Center I think really did come down to that common opponent who Pleasant Hill made the comment that Center handled them and, and had their way with them a little more easily than we did. If, if I remember right, Matthew Thompson was out in the game we played against Pleasant Hill last year. I think that was a single-digit game. We battled foul trouble. We may have ended up winning that game by 10 or 11 points, but Pleasant Hill played with us for, for most of the game. Um, and then center with their up-tempo, pressing style of play, I think put Pleasant Hill away early. Um, and while I didn't agree with the fact that that was a good way of determining who should be the, the two or, or three seed, that's something I've kept in mind going into that game next week. So we definitely, since it's a district opponent, since Pleasant Hill will have a vote in the district seed meeting, we want to have a really good showing and, and leave an impression in their mind that, that we're a team that to be reckoned with when district play does come.
All right, look forward to that. That'll be at Pleasant Hill. The boys will be at Pleasant Hill next Tuesday. Girls stay home to play Pleasant Hill next Tuesday. We already talked about that with head coach Brent Bartlett in the prior segment. So, Sean, I wish you the best of luck in the uh, card this tournament. Uh, your younger teams, by the way, are doing well. Uh, yeah, in fact, you swept the night at Pittsburgh. Uh, shouldn't uh, go away without mentioning that. Good night for you last night. We did, and we're really pleased with these groups. Uh, they're balanced groups. They're groups with a lot of guys contributing. Coach Wolf and Coach Tyler are doing a good job with them, so we're excited about the future. And it, yeah, it's nice when you can have three game sweeps that, <laughs> like we've been able to do. And uh, a big crowd in Pittsburgh last night, I thought, and not a fan of the way they have their bleachers set up. I know you're probably not a fan of sitting behind the bench where you. Well, had this, to. well we, our fans were supposed to be above you, and they didn't really follow the signage. Right. <laughs> but it's uh, it, it's a unique seating situation over there. But really appreciate the fan support. And, and like you said, new video board, new floor in Carthage. And even though it's an early game at 4 o'clock, would love to see a, a, a big crowd uh, to cheer these guys on uh, in Carthage on Thursday. All right. Thanks for the time. We'll see you next week. I'll see you tomorrow at Carthage. Yep. Thanks, Mike. Tiger head coach Sean Gray. We come back. It's wrestling. Head coach David Hawks joins us for the first time on the Winter uh, Tiger Talk programs. Tony Abate has that conversation with him coming up after this timeout on Tiger Talk.